welcome to the What I Wish I Knew After Pregnancy Loss podcast. I am your host, Shana Southern. I am an angel mom, a rainbow mom, a pregnancy loss practitioner, and trauma-informed coach. I created the Institute of Healing Through Pregnancy Loss out of my own experience with loss in the hopes to provide understanding and healing, educating people on pregnancy loss, and creating more women or men in trained support roles. In this podcast, I hope to shed light on what I wish I knew in relation to pregnancy loss, opening up the conversation, breaking the stigma, and bringing real-life stories plus guest experts. Thank you for being here with me today, and let's dive into today's episode. Hello, beautiful souls. Today's episode is part two of a two-part podcast episode. So if you haven't already, I encourage you to go back and listen to part one, and I hope that you find value in part two of this interview as well. Now let's dive in. I think there was another point that you kind of wanted to talk about as well, which was honoring the postpartum period of pregnancy loss. Did you want to sort of expand a little bit on that as well? Yeah, I think just to acknowledge that no matter how the birth comes about, whether it is medically facilitated through a DNC or if it's a vaginal birth or a cesarean, they're all birth. Mm. And in all cases, you are postpartum. And, you know, when we're postpartum, they often say it's about three months of rest. And I think the postpartum period is obviously very tied up with caring for a baby, which is why it gets a bit overlooked in the case of pregnancy loss. And so I just invite everyone to be so gentle and kind with themselves and give themselves permission to be in a postpartum period, which means that you're resting, you're physically healing from something that's happened in your body. In some cases, it's a surgery. And then in other cases, it might be an early miscarriage. But even in early miscarriage, you do have to be careful about doing things like lifting because you have a wound in your uterus where a pregnancy was attached and is no longer attached. So there is physical healing required for that. And there's bleeding involved with that. So you do have to be careful. And just giving yourself that permission rather than trying to push through it because there's no baby in your arms, which I think is probably, I'm looking at you early loss mums because those are the mums that most people don't know that they were pregnant. So they don't know that they're postpartum. So there is that keeping up with appearances thing that's going on. And unless you bring people into the fold of what's happening for you, they won't know. And you're not not necessarily going to be supported like a postpartum mother who's had a full-term pregnancy and a, a loss. Mm. And so just to just to sort of give everyone that permission and for them to know that it can be met that way and that there are rituals that they can do for themselves to acknowledge that 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 happened and as a birth and you know there are practices like closing of the bones ceremonies which is an, a really ancient i think it's a, is it mexican or indian american indian because they use the rebozo wraps i used to know and i've forgotten momentarily but the practice of the closing of the bones is this incredible honoring of what's happened in your womb and your womb story. And it, it actually starts from like right at the moment that your mother birthed you. And then it, it moves through 
what the story of your womb is and your menstruation and what's been held in your womb in the form of, of little lives and births. And so that can be really helpful for women who have had a loss because there is a very deep acknowledgement of what has happened in your womb. So I just, I offer that up and that's for anyone at any stage of pregnancy, whether it ended up in a live birth or not. It's definitely something that I wasn't aware of either. And, you know, to be able to give yourself that permission to, to rest as well as grieve. Like you're, you're going as at such a multifaceted time, especially after loss that you're going to be navigating so much more than I guess a traditional postpartum. If you had a, if you end up having a living baby, you're going to be navigating so much more emotions, but to also like honor yourself and to know that you do have that postpartum period, even after loss, no matter how long it was, like how long your pregnancy was to give yourself permission for your body to heal and for your womb space to heal. It's such an important, again, an important awareness to have so that we're not pushing through right from the moment, which, you know, I, I hear a lot of women do, like they go through loss and within days they're back at work and trying to navigate what their body is going through, what their emotions and their mental space and capacities is navigating. And if we only gave ourselves that permission to be postpartum, to actually treat ourselves that way, you would consider yourself in a completely different light. You would see yourself so differently. And then on top of that, you're grieving. So to allow yourself to be that postpartum and to also allow yourself to grieve, because I think a lot of women, I've heard a lot of women say as well, is that they're not allowed to grieve because if it's an early pregnancy, maybe they didn't have anything on the outside of them to to show that, so they're not allowed to grieve. And it's like, you are grieving. You're going through such a natural process of heartache and you're allowed to grieve. And then I love that you can honor then yourself as well in really allowing that space to be postpartum and to give yourself that space to physically heal as well. One in four pregnancies will result in miscarriage. One in eight women will experience infertility. One in 100 women will experience recurrent miscarriage. And one in 160 births end in stillbirth. Have you been wanting to make a difference in the lives of women or men who have experienced pregnancy loss because you can see so many suffering in silence, but you just don't know how? Collectively, we can change how bereaved parents can access mental, physical and emotional support after their experience. There is a lot of women with unhealed trauma and there is a huge gap in the current support system when it comes to bereaved parents' recovery after loss. There are too many women and men suffering in silence. The Pregnancy Loss Practitioner Certification is a worldwide, one-of-a-kind program that gives you proven methods designed for healthcare professionals, medical staff, midwives, nurses, doulas, birth workers, coaches, and angel parents alike. The Pregnancy Loss Practitioner Certification is bridging that gap. It will give you a proven support structure to follow 
and education specific to pregnancy loss, created by a loss mum. It is creating more education specifically for loss so that you can enhance your service and become the point of difference, or you can create the support that you so desperately needed in your healing after loss. This is the next level of growth and expansion you have been searching for. So does this sound like something that you have been searching for? Let's explore this more together. You can head to the episode show notes where you'll find the program application or direct message me on Instagram and let's open up the conversation in how you can use this education. You have a gift and I look forward to supporting you and witnessing you bring your gift to the world, healing and transforming women's lives. Yeah, it's it's helpful. It's helpful to have ceremonial practices that acknowledge everything. Mm-hmm. And some ceremonial practices also give you a place to put it all as well. And and that might look like going to the beach and you know, making a little earth mandala and then releasing it into the water and watching it move away with the waves and you can sort of put anything that you want to send out into those flowers. Mm. you just sort of can give it whether that's a message to your baby or asking for forgiveness or wanting to acknowledge anything anything that you no longer want to hold in you or that you want to send out you can just sort of say this i'm putting that here in these and sending it out Mm. so that those those rituals and ceremonies that we do are, are brilliant but i just want to circle back to that point about you saying that in all of those circumstances we're grieving and I just want to take a moment to briefly talk about grief as well and just to say that if you imagine grief as a pendulum and on one peak is despair like the worst of the worst feeling you could imagine but then it dips down as a swing and then it dips up at the other end at belief the best that you have ever felt in your entire life. And then if we imagine how we're normally feeling when we're not grieving, hopefully we would sort of be in a normal neutral sort of feeling. And then through our life, we sort of swing. Oh, that's funny. I'm happy. Oh, someone cut me off in traffic. I'm annoyed. And you sort of swing between them. And grief is like that pendulum, but our default position sits at a different default. I think that the the common mistake or misconception is that grief sits as a default position in despair, but it's not. It's it's part of the spectrum of it. And so it probably sits more in a, a default position of sadness or feeling down or unmotivated and anything else that might come up as your default. But your default might also still be neutral or your default might also still be generally a happy person and just to acknowledge that that is all still part of grief and that part of it is that that pendulum swings quite rapidly you know there was that old belief of the five stages of grief which has been disproven but a lot of people still believe it that you sort of graduate from one to the other which was never the model anyway but it sort of got a bit out of hand for a while there that model and just to say that you might be feeling really fine 
And then you might laugh uncontrollably until that uncontrollable laughter becomes tears, until it becomes sobbing, and then you can't stop yourself from crying and you have no idea what the hell just happened. And just to say that grief doesn't just belong in the negative emotions and that the the laughter and the happiness all belongs in it and you shouldn't feel guilty for it because it's it's the natural swing of grief and that eventually our default position will return back to neutral but then there will always be point 10 years later on an anniversary it might completely swing back to despair and you might feel like oh I thought that we were past that but it's just a pendulum and it's where it swings and how often it swings is different for everyone. Yeah, I love that. I I love that you that you've had that I can picture it in my head. I've just been picturing this pendulum swinging the whole time. And that's yeah, a lot of what grief is. You, one day you might wake up and and you're okay and that's okay. And then the next day you might wake up and you're you just don't want to get out of bed and that's okay. A year later you might just start crying for no reason. And you, like you said, you, you can't really put your finger on it. You don't know why. Our body has, you know, it has memory. There's something that the grief has stirred back up in your body and it just wants to be expressed. It wants you to have that moment and see it. And then the next day you will be okay. Like you said, it's all part of it and it's, and it should be able to be a part of it. Like all the good and the bad. Like, I mean, the good and the bad essentially is our perception on those emotions anyway. We're the ones that label them good and bad. They don't feel good when they are, when you're in that point of real deep sadness and despair. But when we can strip the labels off them as well and just allow them to be, allow it just to be with us in our body and to witness them. And just know that it is all part of grief. And there is no right or wrong. There's no rule book. There's no beginning and end. It's just everyone's different. And it just all it all happens as it happens, as it unfolds every single day. I think it's important for us to know ourselves as grieving people. Because if you are experiencing a loss that others assume would be terrible. If you're not feeling terrible, you sort of feel bad for being okay or for feeling not terrible. And it's hard to be met with other people's assumptions of you feeling terrible. And so I just want to place that as actually all within the spectrum of normal is like having losses that you don't feel despair over, mm. just to say that that's okay. But also to bring that awareness into all of us who exist in the world as people who will inevitably be supporting someone who's bereaved because if you've experienced a loss but you're having a good day and you feel okay and your friend comes over and is like oh your baby died it's so sad you must be feeling terrible and you're like well I wasn't but I now am because you're more sad about it than I am which for some people is the case for that day and so just to to say that if you're supporting someone who's had a bereavement, don't take up the emotional space in the room. Come in clean and neutral and just ask them how they are and how that was for them and then meet them wherever they're at. 
So if they are at a place where that's really hard, then acknowledge that. But if they're at a place where they're doing well that day, then go with that as well. And to not take up the space, you're just creating a space where it can be what it is, whatever it is for that person, good or bad. Yeah, that's a really good point to make for those that are either the family members or friends or, you know, loved ones around them to come in when they're supporting, obviously, the the bereaved parents, the mom, the dad. It's a really good point to make. I think I just want to ask you one question, essentially what what you wish that people would know, obviously, going into and experiencing loss after, like after they're navigating it. What I wish people knew is I wish they knew what they were allowed to do. Mm. And knowing that early just means that they can make an informed decision about whether that's right for them or not. So it's, I just wish that people knew that they were allowed to take their baby home if they want to and that they're allowed to do most things. Yeah. And especially even with those early losses, I'm so glad that you have been able to shed light on that as well because you know, there's so many women that reach out saying they don't know what to do with their early losses and they don't know what they're allowed to do. They don't know what their rights are. So I'm glad that you were able to shed light on that as well. Yeah, me too. And it'd be interesting to hear what sort of questions come up in your community as well around that because I think once you open up that conversation, I think potentially the floodgates could open on people's experiences Mm. and their questions around it, which might be informative for other people. Yeah, it'll be be really interesting. And I just like I've been soaking in everything that you've been saying today. So I am very, very grateful for your knowledge and wisdom and willingness to to share what you know. Well it's my pleasure to be able to share this and bring it into everyone else's awareness too. Thank you for having me. So Amy, you had a few I guess, foundations or places that people could turn to for financial support. Did you want to share a little bit about those? Yeah, there are a few agencies that can provide support for families after they've experienced the loss, not only pregnancy loss, but also infant loss. And there's different types of agencies. So for families who are experiencing financial hardship, which is very common and, you know, as some people might be aware, there would be lots of expenses around different specialists you're seeing for your medical care. And then for funeral homes, they are sometimes a few hundred to a few thousand dollars for a cremation or a burial, depending on what you're choosing. If you're buying burial plots, sometimes it's thousands of dollars to buy a burial plot. And so there are organizations that can provide financial support towards that. You have the Rebecca Jane Foundation and her foundation provides financial support for funerals for babies of 20 weeks gestation up until one year of age. And they're a charity that exists for financial support. But also St. Vincent de Paul and Anglicare can also provide financial support to contribute towards funerals. But then you've also got other support agencies that are not financial in nature and they're a bit more community-based or bereavement-based, such as Pillars of Strength, which is a an organisation based at dads and men who've lost a baby and I think that you know they get a bit overlooked sometimes the the men because it is something that's happening in a woman's body so we focus so heavily on the women and then all these dads are coming along for the ride and watching the love of their life go through 
this physiological thing as well as managing their own grief as well. So Pillars of Strength supports those dads and really is about social support, whether it's meeting other dads who've experienced a loss or reconnecting that person back into their own community of existing friends who they might have been a bit isolated from because bereavement is isolating and often people don't know what to say so they don't say anything and it becomes the elephant in the room. So it's it's a way of, that's what that organisation tackles is tools around that. And then you've also got Bears of Hope, which is a really common one as well. And I think they're linked in with a lot of the hospital systems and, and do a lot of work around supporting bereavement in pregnancy and infant loss as well. So important to have that community awareness of what's available support-wise, but also financially too, because like you said, there's a lot of finances, unexpected finances and, and costs that come with the loss of a baby. Like you said, you're, you might have to go through medical things for yourself as well as then thinking about how to move forward with the cremation and burial and it's not necessarily something that you can put on hold. So it's something that you have to kind of find the money for straight away. So I appreciate you sharing those those few places as well and I can link them into the episode show notes as well so people can find them and see what they're all about. Excellent, great. So do you just want to share quickly where people will be able to find you and reach out to you? Yes, I am a part of Tender Funerals. Tender Funerals is a not-for-profit organisation which started in Illawarra. So I work for Tender Funerals Illawarra and you'll be able to find us on all of the social handles, Tender Funerals Illawarra. But you'll also notice as you type that into your social handle that Tender Funerals is opening around Australia as well, which is incredibly exciting. We are a network of people who volunteer our time on all of the other tenders who are opening because they're their own communities that say, you know, we want a not-for-profit funeral service. And so we've created a social franchise where those people can have a tender that is owned by that community and set with the guidelines around being a not-for-profit and the things that we advocate for. So you'll see on the socials all of the different tenders so you can see if there's one near you many of them aren't operational yet they're fundraising so I'm also chairperson for tender funerals western Sydney I'm working to open a tender there so you'll also find me on those socials as well as our website if you're wanting to see about where we are is tenderfunerals.com.au that's amazing and I'll link all of those in the episode show notes as well Thank you so much for being a part of the What I Wish I Knew After Pregnancy Loss podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you to all that have listened in. If this episode was valuable to you, I invite you to leave a review on Apple Podcasts and I look forward to supporting you on the next episode. Thank you for listening in with me today. I hope you found this episode helpful. If you did, I would absolutely love to hear from you. Take a screenshot of this episode, share it to social media and tag me at Institute of Healing underscore PL. I love seeing what is resonating with you right now. If you want to chat further, I invite you to connect with me through Instagram. Head over and follow my Instagram account, send me a DM and let's open the communication. If you want to know more about how you can be the support for others, head to the show notes and fill out the application form for the Pregnancy Loss Practitioner Certification. 
I want to also note here that what I share within the episodes is not medical advice. If you need further support, please consult your doctor. Thank you again. Much love to you. Be gentle with yourself and I look forward to supporting you on the next episode.